welcome into another episode of the Three Fever Point After podcast. We're back after our little Thanksgiving break, and we have a lot of football to talk about. So let's bring in our co-host, Jeff Harper, uh, back for another week of football talk. Uh, we had a good Thanksgiving break, both of us did. And um, Coach, uh, first, how are things going with you? Rocking and rolling, man. You know, got a uh, little downtime between now and uh, start of off-season training and uh, trying to get all that scheduled out and getting to do a little deer hunting and, um, you know, enjoying enjoying weekends. So uh, everything's good on my end, brother. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, good to hear, of course. Uh, I, I, we're going to talk about, obviously, the semifinals in Louisiana. We do have a lot to discuss there. But since we didn't have a show last week, I kind of wanted to go back to something two weeks ago, uh, selfishly, because I just want to get your your take or your observations uh, about what in the world happened at Benton there a couple weeks ago against Denham Springs. You were at that game. Um, I've heard about 10 different stories about how that went down. Uh, what did you see there that night? Well, first of all, um, you know, I, I really was impressed with uh, how well Benton played. They controlled uh, the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, for the entire game. Uh, and I know people would probably say, well, you know, they, they lost. Well, it, when, when I was there with uh, – I think I was coming out of the stands with like four minutes left. They were up two scores. And uh, we were trying to, you know, beat the traffic, look like the game was in hand. Right. Uh, and it was just one of those deals where – uh, Reynolds and, and his staff, you know, um, they had an opportunity to run the clock out. And I know that Coach Moore, uh, um, you know, asked the, the head official, uh, you know, he wanted to make sure since it was, you know, going to be a change of possession and there's so much time left, you know, there was only like, uh, you know, they said snap the ball at like two or one or something like that. And, um, you know, some people said the clock was stopped. Some people said it wasn't. Uh, I don't know what all happened there, but I can tell you, um, I, I really feel like, you know, uh, that was the decision that uh, he felt was best. The thing that, that he really wanted to do was take a timeout. He didn't do it. He's kicking himself for it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, he trusted the, the official's word that, that, that you know, that, that once they took the knee, they, there wasn't going to be any time left on the clock. And, in you know, coaching plenty of football games over the last, you know, 12 to 15 years, uh, there has been uh, not one time in which we're trying to run a clock out to where, uh, you know, it's fourth down and there's, you know, one second left and my quarterback comes out from under center, you know, takes two, three steps back and then goes down. And all of a sudden that that play only took 0.4 seconds. That yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I feel like Benton um, deserved to win the ball game. There's no question. Uh, you know, uh, they played an incredible game. Denham Springs is a good football team. They outplayed them for, you know, the majority, 44 minutes of that ball game, if, if you want to be exact. But um, Denham Springs made some things happen late. They had every break go their way there toward the end. Uh, and it's just heartbreaking for Benton because uh, they've, you know, had a, a really good year and, and an opportunity to, to punch their ticket to the quarterfinals, uh, you know, what, year three in 5A. And so right. um, it just very unfortunate. And, uh, and I hate it for those seniors and I hate it for Coach Moore and his staff. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I had a similar emotion. Um, 
kind of getting the information from Roy Lang with the uh, Shreveport Bourgeois Journal. He was there, and um, that was kind of his um, observation is what you were saying, that the clock was running uh, when they snapped that ball. In the video I saw, you can hear the crowd counting down with the clock, and right, pretty much right as they say one, the snap's made. Obviously, you can't trust the crowd estimation of the time. But, sure. um, yeah, it's just my, my emotions were very similar, and you just hate it for those kids. I mean, you think about Gray and Pierce and what a special season they had. I just feel like at, at some respect, you got to look back and say, you know, they deserved for it to be settled one way or the other in a much different manner than, um, you know, 0.6 seconds and, and this ref said this, the timekeeper does that. So just a shame. I, want, I really did want to get your take on it because, I mean, it's something that people are still talking about, obviously. Um, I know Denim Springs made some clever t-shirts, you know, okay, <laughs> like whatever. But um, yeah, I just hate it for those kids because Benton was a team that I don't think anyone was going to want to play at quarterfinals or beyond. No. Uh, and here's a thing that I, I really can't stand. And and you're going to get this for free from me because <laughs> um, it it's just something that eats me up. Um, more people have more to say when you fail than when you succeed. Yeah. And the thing that drives me absolutely crazy is to see the negative um, you know, comments on social media about coaching, don't leave it in the hands of the officials, don't do this, don't do that. So easy for you to say sitting there in the stands uh, or watching it um, you know, on, on um, NF, the NFHS network or uh, just reading other people's posts about it and making your comments. Um, that was a safe decision in Reynolds' mind because you take the same scenario, we are doing the same exact thing week 10 against Mansfield. Same exact thing. We had a penalty. It stopped the clock. We were, I think, inside of 30 seconds, about to win the ball game. Uh, and in a series of events, and this is why Reynolds decided to go for it on the fourth down. And I mean, with one second left, in officials' word, um, he was going to guarantee that he get to con he was going to control how that game ended according to what the official agreed upon before he made the, made the decision to to go ahead and snap it instead of instead of punting it. We hit. We decided to punt. Uh, with with the clock running and you know they they had uh, burned their timeouts um, and we have a snap go over the head of our our uh, punter into the end zone and he had to punt it out of the back of the end zone and just like that uh, inside of like nine 19 seconds now I mean maybe even 10 seconds I'm not even sure I was so just blown away what was happening we wound up going into OT and losing the ball game week 10 um, and so as a coach that's why you do it and right. it's so easy for people to just take shots uh, at the decisions that coaches make, but um, at, at the end of the day, man, it's easy to, to to do that when you're not going to have to make that decision, um, and your 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 uh, opinions um, are never going to be tested. And so um, it just it drives me insane. And, and Coach Moore and his staff have done a good job. And there's a lot of coaches that have lost really close ball games this year where they made decisions um, that people would you know uh, interpret as being the wrong decision. Well, I mean. At the end of the day, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, Coach Moore made a mistake, but he he didn't. He did what was best, and it, it and it is it is a that that result is a product of official an official and an official crew not keeping uh, their word and not communicating amongst the staff. They did they obviously didn't do that because I don't know of any clock operator that's gonna you know hit stop like that with one second left right. and there be point six on the clock. And so, 
you know, I hate it for the players. I hate it for Coach Moore, and um, I have very strong feelings about some of the stuff that I've read and and seen. And I haven't even talked to Coach Moore about it. I texted him and said, "I have no words, bro. Yeah. A great year. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Um, you know, showed my support." But at the end of the day, like, I, I, there's nothing I can say that's going to make him feel better. Not with that group of seniors and what they accomplished this year. Um, and that's that's the unfortunate thing, and then the negative things that people say. Um, people can be hateful, and people have strong opinions, and they're free to have them. They're free to have them. But uh, you're, you know, in in most cases, it's just better to keep some of that stuff to yourself. Yeah, and it's such a good point. I mean, regardless of what you think or what should have happened, I mean, trust me, Coach Moore and the team are they're feeling it times ten, regardless of who was at fault, right? I mean, it's in to, to pile on with with comments and like you said, I mean, I, I I've never coached a game of football in my life. I don't know what I would do in that scenario, and 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 it did seem like the safe play. If ref says it's over, it's over, right? But it wasn't, so it's just unfortunate, and I'm with you 100%. Uh, you hate to see that negative stuff, especially, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Three seasons in 5A, they should have been in the quarterfinals, and who knows after that. Uh, really, no one outside of maybe Northwood had slowed them down all year. So, yeah, just a shame, and, you know, a team that we loved watching all year, and I wish we would have gotten at least one more week of them, and um, that's why I wanted to talk about it. I knew you'd, uh, I knew you'd have some uh, good stuff to say on that, and... Um, so uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a tough one for sure. And and honestly, we go to last week now. Uh, it was it was tough for a lot of our local teams. Few, not many left now. None in the Shreveport Bossier area at all. So I guess we'll start with the team making their first ever semifinal appearance. A team that we've talked about on this show at length, many almost every week. It's right here for them now. The North DeSoto Griffins. Um, 2,000-yard rushers, freshman quarterback, Luke Delafield playing so well, defense stepping up. Um, what are you? How are you feeling about the Griffins as they head into their first ever semifinal contest? Well, I'm, I'm excited for Coach Dunn and his crew. Uh, you know, he's he's done a really good job down there uh, developing a, a program and and really, you know, taking something that, that Coach Ab had done such a great job building and, and branding, and, and he's there, you know, doing the same exact thing. But um, you know, now they're at the point where they they were a game away from playing in the dome. Um, and Coach Dunn's got the experience; he's he's got the wins. You know, he's he's one of the best to ever do it in Louisiana high school football history. Um, and so, it, I'm very excited for them. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they can keep it together. They're a complete team in all three phases of the game. Uh, well coached. Uh, on top of that, and so um, you know, I, I'm I'm wishing them the best. I'm hoping they can pull it out. Because uh, we're going to be down there for the state championships in in New Orleans, and and I would love to see, um, you know, North Dakota playing in the big game. Oh, it would be so fun to see the Griffins in the dome, just for the dome to get a little taste of Stonewall. I mean, can you imagine the crowd that they bring <laughs> down there? I mean, oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, we're certainly hoping, uh, certainly pulling for them there uh, against Iowa, the number one seed in Division Two. Uh, do you know much about Iowa at all? I don't. It's the first time I've actually even heard of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've had a few people in the station. Um, we're sending Chloe out to that game Friday night, and I've actually had two or three people in the station say, well, you're sending Chloe to Iowa? Why are they playing the team in Iowa? I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's not that far. It's far, but it's not that far. So, um, yeah, we'll be there Friday night. Um, Hopefully we're talking about a victory for the Griffins and a spot in the Superdome. But, I mean, what a year uh, down North Dakota. Something that we kind of 
maybe at first didn't see coming, but once we saw a few games uh, with this team, it was pretty obvious that they were special. And um, yeah, I'm excited for them. Um, let's go up to Division One in the non-select side to, to talk about Rustin, um, another team that's just felt destined to be at this point now. You know, they they got over that hump of beating West Monroe. They're the one seed in Division One, and here they are at home against a traditional power in Zachary. Uh, they win it. They go to the dome. Uh, how are we feeling about the Bearcats? I expect them to win. I expect them to beat Zachary. You know, Zachary's had a lot of hype all year. They're very good. Um, you know, the Holstein kid is committed to Texas A&M. I still believe that's where he's going. Um, They've got uh, a transfer defensive end that was at Cedar Creek that we played in the spring game, A.J. Thomas, it's legit. Uh, so they, they've got uh, some incredible athletes. And I'm just, I'm just mentioning two that I know off the top of my head. Uh, they've got receivers, run, running backs. You know, they're, they're just, they're elite. Uh, but Rustin is a different animal. And uh, they can line up in power eye formations and, and you know, two back with a tight end and run it down your throat. And, uh, you know, you've heard me say it. You've heard almost every coach you've probably ever interviewed say it. Uh, run game and defense, uh, you know, th those those things are what's going to keep you, um, you know, in the playoff hunt. And so uh, I think that, uh, you know, they've got everything right in front of them, um, and they've got a football team that can really play, and they, they believe that they can win, you know. Uh, so I, I, I think that Rustin shocks the world and knocks off Zachary, and, and uh, they're going to be playing in the Dome. That's just me. That's what I want. That's yeah. what I want to see happen. You know, those guys have overcome some things and, you know, finally got over the hump of beating West Monroe. Um, and uh, and now here they are uh, in the semis with a chance to punch their ticket. So uh, I think they get the job done. Yeah, certainly hoping that. And, and it's, it's a little different from the vibe of North DeSoto where it feels like this is kind of the beginning of something special. This kind of feels like the uh, the culmination of a few years for Rustin here, Dyson Fields and company. It's like they're just almost there for the past two or three years and West Monroe or somebody like that gets in their way. And, and I'm with you. I think that this is the year and we're certainly excited for the uh, Coach Ball and, and the boys over in Rustin. We'll have that game obviously for you Friday night as well at Rustin, Zachary at Rustin. Um, 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 uh, one more non-select team, and I think, uh, I mean, I could say that we were right, but everyone else in the state was right, that Manny is still alive and still undefeated at this point. Um, the Tigers, though, uh, interesting, uh, a weird game for them. Down 7 nothing against Rose Pine, like the entire game. They scored two late touchdowns in the fourth to win it, 14-7. Um, what did you make of that one, and what are you thinking about their chances in the semis now against St. James? Well, don't don't look at the the Rose Pine game and think that you know uh, Rose Pine surprised them. Rose Pine is very good, um, and that, this back to back years that they've made it to the quarterfinals, um, and th they got they got Manny at home. Uh, it was a wet surface. We played there, you know, in the first round. Uh, we played there in the second round last year. Um, they, you know, Rose Pine's missing eight starters, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. All state first team linebacker. Michael Woods, uh, their their weak side linebacker, and then they're starting um, uh, DB. I think his name is I Isaiah Stinson, uh, 6'2", good-looking kid. All those guys are out. So this team is is rallied around people having to step up and fill those roles, and uh, and they are a bend don't break defense, and they're very good up front. And so um, you know they 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 got after Logansport, I think week six, um, you know, and then they they uh, they. We played them tight for the first half, second half. Uh, you know, it was just 
they they could they could extend drives and made some made some um, big plays and uh, you know kept scoring and, and we couldn't keep up with them and um, they weren't doing anything flashy and they got in the power eye and ran the ball and and uh, it was a nasty game and and you know when it came down to it the guys up front that that was the difference in the ball game uh, and so fast forward to last week Manny goes down there and Manny had some penalties and uh, Rose Pine you know got their one score. Um, and uh, and and then pretty much kept Manny out of the end zone uh, for all but the you know fourth quarter and uh, and to see that final drive late in the ball game uh, Manny just gutted it out and um, you know it was just who wants it more and uh, you know how Jess is he gets real fired up about this kind of stuff <laughs> yeah uh, really good on defense really really good on defense and they're tough physical hard nosed uh, they're not going to um, you know lay down for anybody and so. Um, you know, they punched it in late uh, and, and pulled that game out. Rose Pond uh, played very well. You know, I, I don't know what that game is like if they play it at Manny. I don't know if it's any different. But ultimately, the uh, um, the outcome was still the same. Uh, you know, Manny got the win. Now, St. James is a different animal. Uh, and those guys, uh, they got athletes. They got size. They got speed. They're well coached. Um, but Manny's battle-tested. And they don't go schedule, you know, uh, sorry teams. I mean, I hate to say it that <laughs> yeah. way, but they just don't go get sorry teams. They play really good, tough um, opponents uh, in their in their non district, and then our district was pretty good this year, or top to bottom. There really wasn't any pushovers, and so um, they're they're battle tested and uh, and and they're healthy. And you know, he'll tell you they're not. You know, we're not. We're banged up. This, that, and the other. But uh, you know, th- they'll be ready to go. Uh, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be a war. But don't be surprised. Um, if you you know if you see a, a a score that's pretty close at times, but Manny finds ways to win, and uh, defensively they're really good, and no one's been able to crack that all year. Right. And we're talking about a team that that they've they've you know haven't given up a whole lot of rush yards this year. I think it was less than 200, and you know for the whole season. So um, you know St. James will uh, pose some threats, but uh, Manny's got the pieces out there. They've got the secondary. They've got the box. Um, that you know they're they're very tough in the trenches and I've said it from the very beginning I believe that they could get on the field with any anybody in our state in any classification uh, and they would be um, they would be in the ball game if not win the ball game against anybody best of the best and that's so I expect them to get after them this week that seven points that Rose Pine scored uh, that's the only seven points Manning has allowed in five weeks four straight shutouts heading into that game I mean that's that's ridiculous to have a group of high school kids stay that disciplined for that long I mean that you know it, the best team in the world something could break against them one time and that is Rose Pine has got an 1800 yard rusher carrying the ball last year he was all state uh, you know so we're not you're not talking about a, 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 a young offense or a, a one-dimensional type scheme I mean they, they can throw it they can run it they have a great play action game uh, they've got really good skill guys uh, and Manny pretty much just railroaded them all night long and uh, you know you, you may you may get them a little bit you may get a chance or two um, but you've got to be able to do it you know drive after drive after drive against them because when they're pinning their ears back and they're coming after you uh, and they they figure you figure you out and what you're going to try to do and how you're going to counter what they do once they figure it out it's over uh, they they don't give up big plays and so um, you know you're, you're talking about a football team that 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 can uh, take your best athlete and make them irrelevant for four quarters I've seen them do it so um, St. James and Manny's going to be the game that I pay to pay attention to the most this week for sure.
Yeah, I'm taking my, uh, my what has now become annual, three years in a row, this will be the fourth year in a row, my annual uh, semifinal trip down to Manny. Um, since we don't have the, the load of games that we normally would, I have a little time to get down there and get back in time. So I'm going to go down there for that. I'm excited. And um, I did want to ask you one last thing about Manny. Just uh, from a football fan perspective, you know, Oftentimes, uh, we're simple-minded as fans, and I have had a couple of people around ask me this same question, um, particularly last Friday when they were down 7 nothing, and it was, why don't they just snap it to Tackett and just let Tackett run over people for the entire game? Uh, I, I know, obviously, that's not realistic, but tell me why it isn't. Um, well, it is realistic, and he can do that. Um, they've got... Jeremiah James back there. I mean, he's, <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about one of the best running backs in the state of Louisiana. Uh, and Tackett, you know, it, it, it's a counterpunch. So you know they're going to set you up with their run game, and then they're going to they're going to boot Tackett out. They're going to find some way to get uh, Tackett on the edge, and then you've got to tackle him in space. And so um, you know they they do run him. I mean, you know, he's they, they don't have to run him much. So when they do run him, it is. Um, it's effective because it's usually you know explosives every time, if not touchdowns. So um, they do that, and and don't be surprised if if you see his number called quite a bit uh, Friday night. Oh, we're looking forward to that one. It's going to be a blast, and hopefully another trip to the Superdome for the Tigers will be their fourth straight. And you know every time they lose in the state championship, they turn around and win it the next year. So the pattern's still very much alive right now, um, heading into the semis. All right, uh, well we're. Uh, we're, we don't have any select teams left. I don't know why I didn't just realize that until right now. But we're going to non or staying in non-select Division Four. Oh man, this could be the most epic matchup in the Superdome ever if it happens. Haynesville at home, Homer at home. If both of them win, here we are. Claiborne Parish Super Bowl in the Superdome. What do both teams have to do to win? I know Haynesville's got Oak Grove at home. Homer taking on Mangum. Well, let me start with Haynesville. Haynesville's got to be able to establish the line of scrimmage, and uh, they got to be able to, um, you know, stop the run of Oak Grove. And Oak Grove, you know, they're a little different than they've been in the past. They 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 can throw it. Their quarterback's really good. So, um, you know, they've got the pieces um, to to slow Oak Grove down. Um, you know, the thing that I don't really care for in the, this these two matchups is you got two two A teams playing 1A teams. Right. Uh, I just don't really care for that too much. Now, I know Oak Grove was a, you know, a 1A team last year and was bumping up and all that. And that's neither here nor there, right? I'm, I'm not apologizing for the change and LHSA stuff, all that. I'm not going to get into all that. But, um, you know, I do think that Haynesville um, has got a, a little bit better matchup. Homer has got their hands full. I've seen Mangum play. Uh, they are legit. And, uh, oh, by the way, Bo Meeks, former airline head coach, he's the OC at Mangum. Ah. Uh, and they they are they are tough to stop. I mean, he's got athletes all over the place. He's probably got one of the, if not the best running back in the state in all classifications. Um, you know, and they are they're incredible. They are absolutely dynamic. Uh, and and we got to see them, uh, you know, at the Bayou Jam this year, and they look like they were midseason form. Um, you know, in the jamboree. So they are going to be uh, they're going to be a handful. I still think. Uh, you know, Homer's so well coached, and and they're they, they've got all the athletes they can match up. Um, and I know that you know Haynesville can match up with Oak Grove because the style of play is very similar. Uh, but but Mangum, um, you know, they can go fast, and uh, they've got lots of weapons. And 
their running back is really, really good, and he's dynamic. And they're going to score the ball almost every time they touch it. So, uh, you know, Homer's got to be able to shut that down. And if they do, then they've got they've got the advantage and they can win it. Uh, they can't get behind on them because the, the foot foot is not coming off the gas uh, with with the Mangum Dragons. It's not going to. Uh, so Homer's got to drag them into the deep water and and make it a you know make it a slugfest. And I think they can do that. I mean, the, I did not expect the score. With the Logansport game last week, I didn't yeah. expect it at all. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I'm not going to lie. Neither did I. Uh, and that's very impressive. And so if they can do that to Logansport. Logansport and Mangum are similar. Um, I'd say Mangum is probably bigger, a little deeper, um, and their running back is. There, there's not a lot of kids like that kid. I mean, he is. He's he's elite. And we're talking, you know, ten six. 100 meter sprinter like he's wow. he's a kid and he's Jalen white type speed maybe not as fast maybe faster i don't know but I, i've heard and seen some of his film heard heard from coaches college coaches then they, they've asked if i've i've ever seen the kid like no i don't i don't know the kid but i've seen him i've <laughs> seen him on the hoof and he's he's a stud and so um homer is is uh is in position right there to have the you know coolest super, super dome matchup that oh. would be Unbelievable! I think both teams have tough matchups. They're both playing, uh, you know, teams from the same, you know, same side of our our state, and so be interesting to see how that thing shakes out for both Haynesville and Homer. But uh, I do think Haynesville matches up better with Oak Grove, um, and 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 they don't have as many problems. To me, this is just me, my opinion, and it, you know, it's probably wrong because I don't <laughs> watch a lot of film on either, you know, either of those <laughs> opponents. But what Homer does, I mean. Yeah, offensively is similar to what Mangum does, but Mangum does what they do with guys that are elite. And uh, Homer Homer has the same thing. Uh, but you look at Haynesville. Haynesville matches up in you know scheme wise, um, and uh, and the ability, the ability to run the football and stop the run. And uh, and that's what Oak Grove does really well. They're going to establish line of scrimmage, run the ball, play action with their QB. Um, and so that 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 game seems to be a little bit closer matchup than the Homer um, Mangum game, just because. Uh, you know, Homer's going to score. Mangum's going to score. It's going to be who, who doesn't score. Like who can't keep up with the other? Yeah. You know, offense is what I think comes. What it comes down to. Well, you know, we talk about this all the time. I think every year it's the and you've mentioned it uh, in this episode previously. It's that you know the scheduling of those tough games throughout the year to prepare you for a moment like this. And for Homer, I go back to that to that game against Prescott out of Arkansas. Uh, it was a, I think it was a seven nothing game. Homer lost in that one, but look, you're going up against a, a team in Arkansas from a bigger classification. They came in. It was that tough, you know, gritty game on Homer's field, and, and those that's why you do it right here. You for a moment just like this, you prepare for that, and um, hopefully it uh, it pays off uh, in a big way. And for Haynesville. You know, we got, they've kind of flown under the radar with Homer being so good, um, and they like that. Yeah. Let them let them fly under the radar. They're cool with that. All eyes on the on the uh, on the other guy, and let us just take care of our business. I'm sure Coach Franklin's not not upset about that at all. Here they are in the semis, one game away from you know back heading back down to the dome. So uh, they have flown under the radar. They are a whole lot better than people um, have given them credit for, and uh, and they've done a, an unbelievable job to get to this point and uh, and I do think that they are good enough to go in and uh and knock off Oak Grove and um man I I would love to see those two teams I'd oh. love to see Hanksville Homer in the dome that'd be unbelievable yeah I mean it's one of Louisiana's oldest rivalries and, and they played a one-point game earlier you know just a couple of weeks ago I mean that would be just 
man, I'm just I'm just thinking about all the things that we could do with that game and how awesome it would be. Yeah. So fingers crossed. We're going to certainly hope that we have winners all across the board because uh, we want to have a busy week next week um, down in New Orleans for that. Um, I know we don't talk about Texas too much, but look, we're at the quarterfinals, and I know that there are a couple kids in the area that you've worked with, um, and I, I, feel, I feel like I remember you, you, you've worked with Akari Johnson at Pleasant Grove, correct? Uh, he was supposed to come down to a couple of camps. I believe he came to uh, one group event uh, with um, with a Jalen Woodside who used to be at Pleasant Grove. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so I, I believe he's come to something. I, I don't remember him personally just because I worked with Woodside who was older than him. Right, well, they've got a, obviously the big game, our game of the week, Pleasant Grove and Carthage. I mean, that's just a uh, clash of titans there in East Texas. Um, but, man, Carthage is just... I don't know. I, I can't imagine, like, from a from a coaching perspective, uh, when you watch a team like Carthage just be so consistently great. I mean, how in the world? I mean, how do you make that happen? I mean, it's something, especially in in the division they're in in Texas. I mean, it seems almost impossible. They go up against an undefeated Gilmer team last week, and it was like a regular season game. They're playing a, a team in their district that's not so good. They just blow by them. Yeah, I mean, they're Surratt and those guys are just they're elite. And in everything they do, they're 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 the best at, and so I think everybody wants to learn uh, what it is that he's feeding those kids, and uh, <laughs> you know, what what is he doing over there. I think everybody wants to peek behind the curtain and learn the learn the secrets of the trade, and so that's going to be a fun game to watch. Well, it'll be harder to peek behind the curtain there as they have that beautiful indoor practice facility there as well, mm-hmm. right next to their extremely large video board and all that great stuff there. So, I mean, I, nothing better than that. Um, Carthage Pleasant Grove, it's going to be a heck of a time. It's over in Marshall. Daniel's going out there for game of the week. Um, another guy, a team and a player in Texas. Uh, are you familiar with Terry Bussey at Timpson at all? Mm-mm. I'm telling you, go watch some film of this kid. Quarterback for Timson, he's listed as a four-star athlete. Uh, anytime we've had Timson, they're undefeated this year too. Anytime we've had them on a highlight, he has been unbelievable. I mean, he is just so dynamic uh, in an open space. He's got a good arm on him. That's a little homework for you. Check out Terry Bussey uh, at Timson. He is um, next-level type of kid. A lot of schools are starting to kind of uh, kind of catch some wind of this kid down there in Timson playing so well. So they're they're facing Cooper. Um, in the quarterfinals. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We went through it all. Um, big week, obviously, the finale of our show. Um, and in Louisiana, this is it. One win, and, and you're at the Dome. And, you know, obviously you want to win the state title game, but I'm sure you could tell us playing on that Superdome turf is a victory in itself. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm excited because we're going down. Um, you know, Eli was selected for the uh, All-State Academic Team. So the uh, – his senior year, he's going to at least be able to be on the field, walk on the turf there you go. at halftime. I think of the the uh, D three select game. I mean the D three non select game. So uh, that's why we're going down. And we went last year with the coach and staff from Red River, and just this is my first experience of the you know watching the state championships in New Orleans. There's nothing like it. Um, it is it is. I, I think me and Coach Curtis after they played their game. He came and sat with me in the end zone, and we watched the rest of the game. I think we watched four games, five games, just sitting there, just watching ball, talking ball. I mean, it's just it's a lot of fun and a lot of camaraderie with other coaches, um, you know. And it, it's just uh, there's nothing like it. It's probably my favorite weekend of the year. Yeah, and you're going to see just the best of the best out there on the field in Louisiana, a place where we certainly. Uh 
spit out some talent um, here or there. So um, mm -hmm. we're excited for that. Well, Coach, I mean, if we have all these, uh, if we have all these winners, I mean, even if it's just Haynesville Homer, I'll probably see you down there in New Orleans because I can't miss that. So um, we'll look forward to that. Congrats to Eli, by the way, former Griffins Player of the Week, recognized again for his academics. Uh, very deserving there. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I'll let you go. We'll be back next week, even though we don't have uh, Friday Football Fever next week. We'll do a show next week, We'll uh, a podcast. We'll look forward to the state championships. Hopefully we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, full show coming your way Friday night, 1030, the Friday Football Fever finale. We're going to recap the season along with the highlights of all the games we just talked about. We've got our top five plays of the year. We're going to look back at some special moments this season. It'll be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll look forward to that, and we'll see you next week here on the Three Fever Point After Podcast. Yeah.